Hey, Christy. Hi, Catherine. Hey, what did one plant say to another plant? What? What's the matter? <laughs> oh, a tomato joke is always good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hi, Christy. Catherine. <laughs> hello. And hello, gardeners everywhere. Each and every one of you. Want to be gardeners? Yes, especially you wannabes, because you know what? It's really not that scary. That's right. And people who thought that this was a podcast about the upside down world and stranger things, we, we're glad you're here. Exactly. We are, <laughs> because we are some of the stranger things, to be quite frank. <laughs> uh, this week, we're talking about September planting. Yeah. And... I could just feel it today, Catherine, when I went outside to check on the garden. We had, friends, we had this huge week of in the upper 90s in the Denver metro area. And today, it, the heat broke. About last night, about midnight, because I happened to still be up and I sat on my front porch and I watched the cold front come through and the trees blowing. That and wind the was temperature something. coming down. What a blessing. So it's... It's like fall outside, and it's it hazy, like and it's it. overcast, and oh my God, it's just delicious. September just delicious. is, I think, my favorite month. It is a pretty spectacular month. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. This is a little bit off topic, but I did do a bunch of canning this week, Kathy. Ooh, what all did you can? Well, my neighbor got me a crate of Colorado Palisade peaches. Oh, heaven, 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 heaven. And they were all, of course, ripe and ready Just to go. Just right there. Yeah. Not, you didn't have a day to spare. Exactly. And I think there's not a there's not a fruit out there that is more wonderful than a peach at that moment. I, I agree. And there's something very unique, I think, to West Slope peaches. Yeah. You know, there's just a lovely sweetness and a brightness to the flavor. So you can, how many did you can? I did 10 quart jars. Oh worth. my gosh. And so it was a huge process. Yes. My whole kitchen was an absolute mess. And um, as a result of it, because I put it in a very light, light, light sugar syrup. Okay. Um, I had fruit flies everywhere. I bet you did. <laughs> and this is a this is a helpful tip for people who are harvesting right now. Yes. And you have tomatoes on the counter because remember, folks, you should never put your tomatoes in the refrigerator. No, that's a big no no. Um, so you have all this produce out on the counter, and you get fruit flies. Is I took a a bowl of apple cider vinegar mm -hmm. and a couple drops of dish soap, and just set it in a saucer on the counter. Yep. Uh huh. And that attracts them. Yes, and then they... Oh, my goodness. They they drown just in the same right. way soapy water does it for Japanese beetles. Right. And I the problem looks... It's good now, so... Well, that's spectacular. What a great hint. Perfect, perfect. Well, I learned something brand new this last week. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a master gardener, and we were talking about fall planting and stuff, and she was talking about the need to keep the soil moist. 
Shout out to moist. Right, exactly. <laughs> and the reason why you keep it moist, and I had not put two and two together and come up with four this way, is you keep the soil moist because it enables the roots to be able to travel through the dirt easier. Oh, It's sure. how they grow the root system. Give them moist dirt to grow in. Don't give them dry dirt. And I was like, it was like a huge epiphany. I just had to go, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, sort of like uh, nobody likes to you know, uh, you know, make things hard on themselves. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Like it's like the water is bivouacking a pathway. Exactly. It loosens up the, the soil so that those little growing roots can keep moving through it. I just, it was a huge epiphany for me. <laughs> so I thought I would share it with everybody oh, that's out awesome. there. Well, you know, next week, Catherine is national indoor plant week. Is it? Yes. It's a weird time, I think, because it's always hard for me to put my intention toward my indoor houseplant this time of year. Right. When everything else needs my attention. But Yes. So, friends, don't forget to give your plants a little extra special little hug and extra love. extra smoochies. Yeah. Do you yeah. have indoor houseplants? I have a few that I started new this spring from bigger, older ones that were had outgrown their pots and they were very old and they needed to be refreshed. Oh, then that felt good. Yes. Plants and I'm, are so happy. And I'm also that. trying to cut down on the number of plants I winter over inside the house <laughs> because my house just gets taken over by them. And <laughs> yeah. by yeah. by March, everything is messy and there's dead leaves everywhere and yeah. the cats are sitting in the big pots and... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They thought you brought them in for them. They do actually. <laughs> they look at me and go, "Thank you." Yes, yes. Um, we have a kind of a fun giveaway for our listeners, Catherine. <gasps> Ooh, giveaways! I love giveaways. So, uh, friends, if you ever thought about joining our garden party, which is just your way of supporting this podcast. Uh, throw a couple bucks our way each month, which helps pay for the expenses. Exactly. And we have fun little um, rewards that you can get, like seeds from our, our gardens or There's a beautiful merch. journal that's available yes. on our merch page, which is just lovely. And the quality of the paper is spectacular. Oh, great. Yes, With yes. our coffee cups, which, coffee Catherine, cups, you yes. are drinking from right now. Exactly. And it does make your coffee taste better, believe okay. it or not. <laughs> That's great. Yes, yes. And we have levels for all sides of pocketbooks. So it exactly. could be just two bucks a month up to, you know, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month if you're feeling super generous and you really love us. Um, and our giveaway this week is that anyone who joins the garden party this week will be entered into a drawing for an Upside Down Tulips t-shirt. Ooh, and they're really nice t-shirts too. Ooh, that's great. So if you need more things with tulips on it, yes. all you need to do is either click on the link in the show notes to join the garden party, or you can go to UpsideDownTulips.com. Sounds like an exciting thing to do. Or if you want to, you can enter by becoming a member of the garden party. And when you get the t-shirt, you can give it to somebody for Christmas. Oh, that's a good idea too. Yes. Uh, Catherine, what's going on in your garden this week? Well, um, I think the big tomatoes, the full-size tomatoes, I think that we're we're coming to an end on that. Oh, really? I don't have any more blooms on them. Oh, and the squirrels, gotcha. And the squirrels have finally discovered those them. jerk butts. And those little wankers. Anyway, my... Uh, Cherry tomato bush, uh -huh. the gigantic, these two plants that have grown together is just humongous. Um, they're at their peak right now. Oh, so I nice. really started actually cutting off the blossoms. 
so that the green ones that are there can finish ripening. Mm, mm -hmm. And I'm also just going to have to whack it back so I can find the cherry tomatoes that are inside of the bush. (laughs) Now, what do you do with all the cherry tomatoes when they come in? Uh, I am contemplating that now. (laughs) (laughs) I have a dish I make, which is an Ina Gardner recipe, which is basically the cherry tomatoes cut in half. Um, And then you put um, a really good red wine vinegar over it. Salt them all well, and then drizzle them with some olive oil and then some um, cut up or torn up basil Mm -hmm. and let it sit for about 20 minutes. And then, oh my God, it's so Mm. good. And if you have some hard crusty bread, you then swish your hard crusty bread around in the sauce. Oh man. Oh my God, it's so good. That sounds like But I am, (laughs) I am, I am reaching my, my burnout level with. So I am contemplating perhaps canning some cherry tomatoes. Oh, that yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I might do that. I might cook them down a little bit with a bunch of fresh basil in with them and some onions. I've roasted them before, too. Well, you I'm thinking ro- of doing that tomorrow, too, and try that. So I have a couple of options, but yeah, I have a boatload of cherry tomatoes still coming in. How about you? Well, <clears> my <throat> tomatoes kind of, you know, I have a lot of green ones out there, and they mm-hmm. just kind of stopped turning red mm-hmm. for a while because it was so hot. But now they're finally starting to turn. And I'm also, I'm having, I'm yanking them when they're about halfway red because of the dang squirrels. Because of those, those creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, and I am having a glorious pumpkin year. Oh, that's spectacular. I And friends, if you remember this, I planted, I winter sowed some pumpkin seeds that I saved from last year's pumpkins. And because... I love my compost pile doesn't get hot enough for those type of seeds anyways. I just went ahead and I planted these seedlings in my compost pile. And I I think I had like six or seven vines. I've already harvested three pumpkins. I have four more that are happening on the vine. Absolutely glorious. Are these... uh Decoration pumpkins, pie pumpkins. Yeah, they are. They're more like yeah, Halloween general pumpkin. purpose Just pumpkins. Fun to grow. <clears throat> okay, I kind of learned that the pumpkin pie pumpkins, I they don't work for me. The best pumpkin pie, I think you have to buy the canned stuff. I agree. I agree. And it's such intensive work to grow to grow your own pumpkin pie. I've done that yeah. before, and it was a terrible pumpkin pie. Yeah, it's too I, watery. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Oh, but Catherine, yes. so I went out there today. I yes. to tell you the story. Oh my God, what was out there? Uh, I'm just going to say trigger warning for people if you don't like gross things. Zoom ahead 30 seconds. <laughs> um, so I went out to check on the pumpkins, right? And I had this gravel driveway, and my eye just kind of caught like something like that wasn't the gravel, right? kind of this gray thing. And mm. I went, oh, is that a mouse? And I went, Oh, was that a dead mouse? And I went, oh, no, that's a rat. Oh, no. A dead rat in in my driveway. driveway, Which is so gross and scary. My handsome and handy husband. um, Did he dispose of it for you? He put it in the garbage. He is our hero. (laughs) I asked him to get it for me. And he goes, so much for, you know, female progressiveness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, the line in the sand is reptiles. 
I don't deal with reptiles. I can deal with pretty much any bugs and dead rodents, but reptiles, no. But oh, see, I could take a I could take a snake. Yeah. Over a rat. Well, now we know where our edges are, so it's okay. Oh my gosh! Listen, can I do a shout out for the awesomeness of tree gators for your new trees? Yes. Because it looks like Colorado, in particular, is going to have a warmer than usual dry September dry. Uh, fall and tree gators are these great devices that fit around your tree and you zip them up and then you can put up to like 20 to 30 gallons of water in them and they release the water very very slowly it goes straight down to the root ball and absorbs that so it also encourages your tree to grow its roots straight down as opposed to out and flat which is what happens when you water them with your sprinkler system you know what i love about that catherine is that a lot of people are are going to be getting rid of their lawns. Mm-hmm. And we've said like there are laws that are happening right. where people are getting paid to get rid of their lawns and you can't have right. lawns anymore. But what people are forgetting is that if you don't have a lawn and you have a low water garden and you have trees in your yard, your trees are still going to need water. Exactly, exactly. You You're going to have to pay attention that water, to that. Mm-hmm. So these, this tree gator system sounds great because it's just directly a better use right. for it. Yeah. And it's especially good. I mean, most trees are relatively slow growing. And so, you know, you can use it up to, I think, the diameter is probably somewhere around, I would say, eight inches maybe. And if you get, if you want larger than that, you can, you can attach two gators together, like back to back. Oh. So you have a, a, a water side on both. You know what? Let's, yeah. let's put a link to this on okay. our, in the show notes, Catherine. Okay. And then we'll put something up on our Facebook page so okay. people can see what it looks like. That too. sounds spectacular. But my so, arborist introduced me to them. They are awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I still don't have any zucchini, by the way. So again, this is my second year in a row without zucchini. I think you insulted the zucchini goddess. <laughs> Did you I? did something last year Boy, or the year before. she is picky. Yeah. She is way too sensitive. Well, she carries a grudge. She does carry a grudge. Well, I think it's one of two things. I think it's either where I put this zucchini plant this year was not enough sun. Right. Because I think it got shaded by the sunflowers. Probably. Or there's also a squash bug. And they say that it's really hard to see the squash bug, but it can prevent your plant from... Um, the flowers from squash bugs and Japanese beetles are getting together to take over the planet. Ah, yeah, that's what's going on. Uh oh, yeah, it's a con- big conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> Folks, if there are words or terms you don't understand, please check out the funny and informative Upside Down Dictionary at UpsideDownTulips.com or click on the link in our show notes. Yes, the show notes are very helpful. I use them all the time before I started to co-host. They're just a wealth of information. And also, we have really fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And coming up now... (gasps) What is it? We have have, um, a repeat of one of our favorite pod plays, which is a parody of the HBO TV series Succession. Awesome. Because later on in the podcast, we have a brand new A brand new one. Ooh, fun, 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 fun. Thank you for coming today, kids. I've spent my life building this garden. The flowers, the herbs, the trees, the vegetables, the curated placement of gnomes that look like bikers. 
I did it. It's all mine. So, let's get down to business. It is time for succession. I, Frozen Soil, hereby announce that I've divided my garden into three parts. I want to announce publicly what each of my children will inherit. My children? I'm going to give the largest share of my garden to the one who deserves it most. So, tell me what plant should follow in succession once my lettuce has bolted. Lentil soil? My oldest son? You speak first. Hey, Dad, I'm ready. I know you don't think I am. I know you don't think I have the right stuff to take over the garden, but I am. I say we go big or go home. It's beans. That's right, beans. We'll go huge. Twitter will be off the hook. I'll text Martha Stewart. I'm your white knight come to save the day. Life's not knights on horseback. It's the information on a seed packet. It's a fight for a Japanese hurry knife in the mud. Shuck off. Okay. Right, okay. And now, what does my daughter, Chive, have to say? Tell me. I don't even want your garden. But I want you to succeed. Um, is this for real? Here, take this seed packet. Hold it in your hand. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. I'll take it. Onions? Yay! Let's put in onions. Nah. I've changed my mind. Shuck off. Now you, my youngest child, Romaine. What can you tell me that will make me give you most of my garden? Speak. Um, more lettuce? Shuck off. Okay. I blame myself. I spoiled all of you, and now you're shucked. I'm sorry, Lentil, you're a dead houseplant and shive. You're an upside-down tulip. Romaine, you are a failed sauerkraut experiment. Maybe you can start a podcast or collect gnomes that look like bikers or something. But for the world, no, I'm sorry. You're not made for gardening. You can't stand it. I've decided I am going to sell the garden. I feel it in my mulch. End of the day, that's all I shuckin' got. If I don't get out now, I leave compost on the table. Come on, Dad. What are you going to do with more compost, huh? Put it on your pile with all your other compost? Mm. Probably. Yeah. And what are we supposed to do? Make your own shucking compost pile. Now, shuck off. Catherine, what do you like better? Do you like harvesting or planting? Ooh, it's a toss-up. Um, the planting is always awesome because it's like hope. You know, you're putting uh-huh. hope in the ground. Oh, yeah. And then harvesting, of course, is always fun because it's a product of, you know, what, all of your efforts. So it's kind of a... I would say it's 50-50. I have to say that I like planting better. Okay. And I think it's because every time I harvest something, it means I have to figure out what to do with all those cucumbers, (laughs) all those tomatoes. 
you know, there's like, it's like an extra thing. I know, I know, I know. Or like I have to, but like this planting, and this is a good reminder for folks that um, depending upon where you live, but really for most of the um, United States and, and big parts of Canada. True. uh, You can plant in September. That's true. That's true. And I always tend to forget that getting caught up in tomato season in particular. Now, do you do a lot of seeds in the fall or do you do plant plants? I mean, what do you put out? You can do both. I think what the, I think what people might be surprised to know about it is that it's actually the best time to plant seeds and seedlings of veggies. That is very true. Annuals, perennials, shrubs, trees. Right. Um, it gives the plants the best opportunity to establish their root system That's correct. before the ground freezes. Yes, and then they have a healthier root system already in place when they've gone dormant. Come the spring and the ground starts to warm up, they got a whole jump ahead of that stuff you're going to go to the nursery and buy and come home and put in the ground. So, it's, yeah, it is a great head start And usually for there's them. more rain. That's true, too. So that really helps. Yeah. Um, I would say the first kind of clue regarding seeds that people uh, there are, we'll go into what kind of seeds you oh, can plant do. this yes. time of year. But yes. um, one thing that's important to note is that um, about how to read a seed packet. True. And uh, I think, and you do need to read the seed packet. You kind of do. <laughs> Not <yeah>. like me. <laughs> yeah, there's good information on it. Right. And um, you want to, if you're talking, if you're talking about um, veggies and flowers, you want to look for something that'll say cold season on it right this time of year or um or it has the word frost tolerant on it Those good are point good okay and then on a seed packet it'll say on it how many days to maturity right and um like i'm holding up a packet here right now of romaine lettuce right and it says frost tolerant 21 to 68 days and what that 21 to 68 days means is how many days until uh, the first, until it, until it reaches maturity. And so what you need to do is find out where you live. The zone that you live the in. The zone you live in. What your average first frost date right. is going to be. Now, in the Denver metro area, we're zone 5B. Right. Probably almost zone six, I think. I think it depends, frankly, which part of town you live in. Because yeah. the closer to the foothills you are, the higher you are in elevation. And believe it or not, that's a big difference from what it's like in Aurora. Oh, good. Yeah. And even in your own yard, you can have yeah. a difference between oh, yeah. where your shade is and things like that. Well, um, it's important to be aware of your first and your last frost dates as a gardener. Your um, averages can help. Um, you have to also pay attention to the weather that's happening around you. Yes. Because, um, you know, we could get a first frost in September, though our right. average our average is usually around October 15th. Right. Um, every year it's going to vary. And so you need to pay attention to your local news and your weather to find out what and, it is. And I want to throw in here, there is a difference, especially when you're gardening in the fall, um, between what's called um, a quick frost and a hard frost. Mm. And the quick frost is basically when it gets down to freezing or maybe a couple of degrees below. And the reason why this is important to know is what happens with a quick frost is it doesn't get the ground really cold. 
So it doesn't affect the roots of what you may have planted or the seeds that have come up. Whereas with a hard frost, it gets down probably into the teens or maybe single digits. And we have had these in October here in Colorado, yeah. in Denver. And that goes down deeper into the soil and really affects your plants. And that's when you need to cover them up really good. And I you cover for a light frost. Yes. Uh, once you get to a, a really super... Freezing frost. Freezing frost? Hard frost. Hard frost. Hard frost. <laughs> yeah. And then you have a killing frost and then you're just done. Right. But I have been able to get through the, the hard frost with, I have a, a series of five gallon pickle buckets. Ooh. They're also like the big orange buckets you get uh -huh. at Home Depot. Um, and put that over the plant mm -hmm. and then put on top of that a blanket. Mm. I've seen people too wrap with frost blankets, yes, many many layers yes, around yes, your tomato you plants, do that and too. to get down to the twenties, yeah, and so, that yeah that can so you can extend it even beyond your frost date, right? Um, and we'll put a link in the show notes about how you can find your own zone. Yes, yes, that's a really good thing to know. Exactly, it's very helpful. Yeah, um, and then uh, Catherine. Talk to us about the importance of watering and the mulching watering this time of year. goes back to my epiphany earlier in the show that I mentioned, which is the moister the ground is, the easier it is for the roots to send out their little fingers and grow, 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 and establish that good base of the plant, that root system. Um, and... So when you first look, go back to your seed packet, if you look at your seed packet, it will tell you if you need to keep the ground moist and that helps the seeds to germinate and start to come up, but keep it moist, moist, like a sponge is damp kind of thing. I would say in particular, the first week mm -hmm. um, that you have put in a new plant. And then I think you can go to every two to three days, but keep checking it with your finger but keep it moist so those roots can grow, grow, grow. And then once you've gotten to, you know, past two or three weeks, then you can back off and probably do maybe, I don't know, every fourth day or so. But keep an eye on things, especially if it still stays warm during the day. You want to just, yeah, keep it kind of moist. I kind of say if it looks like dry brownie batter, you should water. Oh, that's And if it looks like wet brownie batter, then leave it alone. <laughs> What a brilliance. Brilliant there's, description. There's been some brownies in my life, Catherine. <laughs> okay. Well, We're let's judge talk about by brownie batter now. Let's yeah. talk about some of the veggies that in in most parts of the country that you can still grow. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, I started off this week with just planting lettuce. Oh, okay. What kind? This is a burpee seed, which is black seeded Simpson. So it's okay. just a nice leaf lettuce. Just a little leaf lettuce, okay. Uh already germinated. Oh wow. Um, also, this is 45 days. And when did you put the seeds in the ground? A week ago. A week ago. And they're already germinated. Yeah. And awesome, so possum. we're looking at, you know, right now it's mid-September. Right. So we're looking at things that without covering and all things, you know, not right. getting too cold yet, right. being weird, uh, anything that from like 31 to 45 days. But we could even extend those 45 days by covering if it's going to be a frost Right, with happening. a blanket or your yeah. frost blanket or yeah. something. Okay. Uh, and I put lettuce. I also did spinach. Look at this. is 28 to 45 days. This variety is Ooh, called Lavernia. Like baby spinach. Yeah, that Lavernia. looks perfect. Yeah. Um, I planted some arugula. Oh, is it arugula rocket? This is wild rocket. Okay. Arugula. Okay. 
30 to 50 days. Okay. So that's a little on the edge. Uh, here's my favorite. I love this romaine I planted for the yes. first time this year. It's called Paris Island. And uh, this romaine, 21 to 68 days. Oh 21 my. days I could be eating. Excellent. Lettuce. And it grows in heads, does it, the yeah. romaine? Oh, yeah. It's just okay. fantastic. And um, you don't need a lot of space. You know, you, you can do this on your patio, too. Really? You just need, okay. You can do container lettuce. Three to four inches of soil is all you need. Okay, but you need it wide enough to accommodate... So like the top yeah. of my TV tray area. Sure, yeah. Okay. And sprinkle some down and start thinning them up. And I learned this great trick from um, Judy Seaborn, who yes. was the um, founder of Botanical Interest Seeds. Okay. And she said, bef before you plant lettuce seeds, moisten the soil first. And oh, yeah, of and course. And then sprinkle them down and right. cover them and then leave them alone. Because what I would always do is like I would water them do with the this. the opposite and then you would water them and the seeds would wash away. Yeah. And I have this big yeah. clump of <laughs> lettuce. You have brownie batter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I was at um, our friend Edith's house last yes. week and she's planting Swiss chard still. Okay. She's got, so that is 20 to 60 days. Okay. Um, I've also planted radishes. Um, I like the French breakfast kind. That's the longer radish. Okay, the long, okay. Yeah, Catherine, 28 days. Oh, wow. To have radishes. And radishes, of course, you could plant all summer long, but now is the best time because when you plant radishes in the heat of the summer, they're just going to bolt. I'm right, and I don't like them when they grow in the heat of the summer. They become too too um, hot for my little... Oh, spicy. Spicy for yeah, my little get, palate. And, and they don't get very big. So now, right. if you folks, if you like radishes, and you can do so many things with radishes, you can put them on a salad, you can oh my God. pickle them, you can... A piece of bread, French butter, radishes, and a little salt. salt. Oh yeah. my God, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I've heard people mm -hmm. will also do uh, broccoli... I think you have to really be careful about the type of broccoli. You have to, like a broccoli rob that's that would like make 45 yeah, days. So right. make sure you look at the dates. Because you really can't go over 45 days. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um, if now if you're in zone seven or up, also you could do a winter crop of peas or bean, right. green beans. Right. It's much milder. Yeah. 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 That's very true. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, veggies you can put in for a spring harvest okay. right now. And we'll do flowers. Okay, and can we touch on mulching again? You bet. Okay, you can never Excellent. mulch too much. All right, when in doubt, mulch it. Okay, so yeah. now we're gonna go. Oh, this a play! Yay! Succession after the lettuce, I will plant radishes. Succession after the green beans, I will plant radishes. Succession! After the onions, I will plant radishes. After the radishes, I will plant radishes. After the radishes, I will plant radishes. Radishes, 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 radishes. We need to talk about Dad. He is losing it. He doesn't know what to plant in succession anymore. He just keeps planting radishes. We need to call an emergency meeting of the community garden stockholders. Oh, and let me guess, Lentil, and put you in charge of the garden's succession? We just need to stick to the plan, Chive. I take over succession and you two under me, as co-assistant gardeners. Under you? Well, yeah, but still a team. The three of us. Remain, you in? 
Interesting. Can I think about it? Of course. I thought about it. Chuck you. Yeah, Lentil, shuck you. The only thing we know for certain is that Dad doesn't want you running the garden. I think Chive meant to say is that she wishes Mom gave birth to a watering can because at least then it would be useful. What the shuck is going on here? Dad! Dad! Dad, we're just, uh... Worried about you because of all the radishes. We just want the best for you, Dad. Maybe give the radishes a break, huh? How about some onion? Not me, Dad. I love radishes, and not in any way that's inappropriate or creepy. I am surrounded by squirrels and shocking morons. I plant radishes because I love radishes. I'm gonna eat them on salads and with liverwurst sandwiches. I'm gonna pickle them and make kimchi. I'm gonna eat the greens. Then I'm gonna ship the rest to the night of the Radish Festival in Mexico and make another fortune. It's my shucking garden. I am frozen soil. You are shucking nobodies. I just have two more words for you. <gasps> Love you. Uh, shuck off. So we were gonna. We've been talking about things that we can do in September, outside, and we covered lettuces and radishes. So what else can we put out this time of year? Well, there are some veggies you can plant now that you can um, have in the spring. Oh, now these are intriguing. Yes. Well, the big one is garlic. Right. Okay. And uh, I happen to have a big clove that some friends sent me. Um, that I want to plant because they claim it's the best garlic on the planet. Oh, great. So I, I, I'm curious about this. Keep talking. Well, um, we, we have more information about garlic in episode 59, friends, which is called We Have a Garlic Crush. Let's learn how to grow better garlic. Um, in, but in pretty much any part of the United States and Canada, you can grow garlic. I mean, you can even, with proper covering, you can grow garlic in Alaska. Okay. And... In our neck of the woods, late September, early October. Okay. To plant your cloves of garlic. Right. You could plant garlic from the grocery store. No, and I, I did try that once, and I had garlic to come up. But you know what? I planted it in the fall, and when it appeared the next spring, I forgot what it was. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is this? And then when I dug it up, I realized... Oh, it's the garlic that I planted last fall. But it was really weird because I didn't know what it was and it wasn't really mature and it was a big failure. But I did plant it from the grocery store. The the better garlic to plant is to buy garlic, quote unquote, seed right. from your local nursery. Or I just, I place an order with botanical interest and I should okay. be getting my garlic in a little bit to plant. And, you know, you plant, I think it's like two inches in the ground, about two, two inches apart. Two to three apart. inches, yeah, and then yeah. about two inches apart. Now, how many are you getting from Botanical Garden? I don't, I can't remember. Maybe like three or four bulbs. You know oh, what I mean? So I think I'll get like- Are you going to plant all those bulbs? Yeah, I'm going to plant them all. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's a lot of garlic. Yeah, but- I guess at know. some point we need to have a conversation too about <laughs> how to how to harvest it. So, but is that back, that information is in that, episode yes, 59? Yes, that is. And they would harvest okay. that in the spring. Okay. Once the um, green leaves, the, the green top, start to fall Like over. when you grow onions. Yeah, yeah. Similar. Okay. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll go back and listen to that. Or even potatoes are like that too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can also, um, two to four weeks before your average last, last frost uh -huh. date, you could plant beets. 
Any kind of beets? Yeah. Does not matter. Um, two to four weeks before your average last frost, you can plant carrots. Oh, really? Now, I plant a kind called Little Finger because they're shorter. Because, right. They're the cute little ones. Yes, because my carrots just don't get, because of my Colorado yeah. soil, it's just, they just get all gnarly. So I find the little ones do better for me. Um and you want to make sure you do a heavy mulch on it. Yes, that heavy mulch, that really is a huge secret. And is that not true too? heavy mulch on the garlic yes, also? Yes, yes. And well, that would be true with the beets also. Yes. Anything that you, any of the vegetables that you're planting for spring yeah. harvest, you want to give them a nice down jacket. Yeah. Also helps okay. weeds from getting in there because oh, yeah. I've had uh, weeds in my garlic and that's just a pain in the butt. Oh, yeah. But and that mulch helps the the soil hang on yeah. to any moisture and it keeps yeah oh brilliant okay okay I didn't know that about so hopefully folks carrots. will you know if you're thinking like that sounds really nice get out there and you know now's the time to do it yeah get out there and plant some veggies yes well again yes get those root systems going to keep things moist yeah and of course which is also surprising to me I didn't know this before about all the things you can do with flowers this time of year. Yes, I was surprised you shared some information with me about pansies that again was a big learning thing for me. I've always planted pansies in the spring. Me too. And I didn't realize that really the best time to have pansies is now. Right, right. That's what was so intriguing about planting the seeds now and again it gives them a nice good base. And of course, again, depending on what um, zone you live in, right? There are certain zones that it doesn't get cold enough that the pansies go totally dormant. Um, yeah, they could overwinter pansies. Right. I was reading somewhere that you know <clears throat> they can even stand up to if you, they're, they're mulched really well, they can stand up to um, temperatures of around ten degrees. Isn't that something? Which I was like, really? I was surprised by that. I also didn't know this about pansies: is that the yellow and blue kind stand up to colder temperatures or the blue and purple kind stand up to temperatures more than the yellow and the orange or in the bronzy the bronzy kind the, all yeah. the, so plant blue ones well and, and purple the bees like the blue flowers first blue and purple oh. is their first choice yeah yeah so a great oh that's time to excellent that. to know so is the same true then with like johnny jump ups or I think so. yeah, little violets yeah i think they're all kind of the same family yeah, I think they are. Okay. And I love a little Johnny jump up. Yeah. Now, I'm in the fall a big one for putting in plants that have yeah, already, sure. that someone else has started. I, I'm sure, willing to pay nothing, for that. So, yeah, there's no um, shame in that. I do that So um, I put in a lot of penstemons this time oh, of year. Oh, that's And a great goldenrod plan. for my pollinator garden. Um, and also agastaches. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you yeah. pronounce them. Um, and I um, go to um, the botanical gardens here in Denver's. Um, source they do they have the the plant select yes website which is a really awesome one to check out for information but yeah so there's a whole bunch of different plants from mums to mums are so yeah. great yes they are i think they look so nice especially around this time of year if you're decorating your front porch or your back patio to have some mums and you have your pumpkins out and your halloween decor they just look so nice and a side note about mums is that as you buy them um and you can just get them in front of the grocery store right like just you know maybe like 10 20 bucks right uh 
don't forget, folks, that you can actually plant those. Exactly. That's the ones that I have. And mums always make me think of football season. Oh. Because yeah. the homecoming queens in her court always had mum corsages. Oh, is that was that a so Kansas thing? That's a Kansas thing. So that's a real association that I have with fall pumpkins and mums like oh, you were yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, another great thing that you can also probably still buy are marigolds. Marigolds, my marigolds are doing gangbusters right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. They're very. But beautiful. But you can buy yeah. marigold seedlings out there and put them the beautiful colors. Right. And um, also asters or something that you could plant. Right oh, now. asters! This is a good time to put in asters, whether they're spring blooming asters or fall blooming right. asters. And again, the bees and butterflies do love their asters. Well, let's talk about. Seeds you could plant now okay. that will um, you can enjoy in early spring. Okay. So I think that would be poppies. And poppy oh, seeds yeah. certainly like to have be winterized. Yeah. Isn't that, you know, yeah. I've heard people say this even about poppy seeds that to sprinkle them on the snow. Huh. I haven't and heard that. And that the snow, as it, yeah. you know, as it melts, will. Right. Bring them down into the ground. Well, I know that's true of larkspurs. Oh, yes. Because, you know, yeah. um, But yeah, but they do need that cold. Also, um, larkspur, I just mentioned larkspur. I was thinking of columbine. Columbine seeds are like that too. Yes. Because they need that extra moisture. Um, And then I think uh, calendula and cosmos. Though I didn't know that about calendula and cosmos. Yeah, calendula... Um, you can sprinkle the seeds two to four weeks before your average last frost date. So that oh, would be really? that would be like you know right. mid, for us mid September right about now right. to the end of September. Um, and I love calendula because it's like that English cottage garden flower. Yes, yes. Um, they're fairly drought tolerant and heat tolerant. They are. They um, reseed themselves magnificently. They so attract once, a lot of pollinators. Yes, they do. And so once you have a bed established of calendula, it just is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, they will re- they will them self-sow themselves. Yes. I make a calendula oil out of the flowers. Yes, there's a lot of herbal uses for calendula, actually. So, yeah. Um, and I didn't know this about it, is that um, it's called a pot marigold because the flower resembles a marigold but it's often used in pots of soup or stew for their color and flavor. Interesting. Did not know anything about yeah. that. Huh. And yes, that also is true about Cosmos. I'm going to do that this year because um, this summer I tried to plant Cosmos. Right. And I was doing it in June. And it was a terrible time to do it because the little seedlings came up and they yeah. were fried. <laughs> so um, they say the trick in planting Cosmos now in September is to do the exact opposite of action as you would do in the spring, which is scatter your seed after a few hard frosts have passed. Oh, okay. So it needs that winterizing, much like larkspur seeds do too. It needs a temperature to get down to a certain cool temperature. And you don't want them to germinate. Right, exactly. You just want them to kind of animated suspension or yeah, yeah. and cosmos you don't cover very well either so I right think you exactly just sprinkle them and that's true of poppy seeds too right that's and, a good point and snapdragons yeah. is you just kind of throw them on the dirt mm. you know well the last one i'll them. say that's a yeah. great flower seed to plant right now in september yeah. so you can enjoy it in the spring are bachelor buttons oh i do adore bachelor buttons one to two weeks before your average last frost oh, okay and so now 
yeah. again now, now yeah. and for the next couple of weeks, it'd yeah. be ideal. Now, do you cover bachelor buttons? Barely. Barely. Yeah. So you could do the same thing like you were doing with your lettuce then, is yeah. you could dampen the the dirt, uh -huh. then yeah. throw out your seeds. Oh, smart. You know, yeah, I hear you. do a light raking maybe, yeah. or I'm thinking of in a rock garden area I have oh, that I can nice. wet that down really good, throw it in between the rocks, maybe sprinkle around some um, cow compost. You could do basher buttons, calendula, cosmos, right. and poppies. That'd be right. pretty. And then maybe a little mulch too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Look okay. at all these things you could plant right now in between all the harvesting. <laughs> we hope, folks, this inspired you a little bit Yeah. to, you know, get some seeds in the ground, yes. get some seedlings, because really, we have a whole other month to, at least, in, in Colorado Another to enjoy the garden. Another four to five weeks of, yeah. And, you know, there's just nothing that tastes as good as the stuff that you grow yourself. It yeah. is the best, the best, the best. And it makes you feel so good when you see the stuff come up and you just yeah. go, ooh, I did that. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, Christy, guess what time it is? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Because the postman always rings twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. This week, we've got um, a really good um, letter from the mailbag from my sister, Lori. She sent me this great article. Because as friends can remember, I love stuff that people find in their gardens. Exactly. It's like hidden treasure or like an archaeological dig. It is, and yes. And we've had stories of people finding like, you know, ancient pottery and, you know, weird toys. Or, Legos. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun things. Fun so, things. Fun things. So here is a, um, here's another story of something that someone found in their garden. Mary Grams, 84, was devastated when she lost the ring while weeding on the family farm in Alberta in 2004. But she had kept the ring's loss a secret from all but her son for more than a decade. On Monday, her daughter-in-law discovered the secret and the ring when she pulled up a lumpy carrot. The carrot had grown straight through the ring, enabling it to be plucked out after many years hiding in the soil. <laughs> I just love that. I know. <clears throat> she had decided not to tell her husband when she lost it out of embarrassment, but she told her son. She went out and bought a slightly cheaper replacement ring and carried on as if nothing had happened. Maybe I did the wrong thing, but you get so worked up, she said. No one was the wiser until this week when her daughter-in-law, Colleen Daly, decided she wanted some carrots for supper. Miss Daly, who now lives on the farm where Mrs. Grams used to live, went out to harvest vegetables in the garden, and lo and behold, she spotted the ring while washing a rather lumpy carrot. Her son instantly knew who the ring must belong to and called his mother. Looking back, Mrs. Graham says she wished she had told her husband, who died five years ago. He was a joker, she said, and probably would have found this whole situation pretty funny. Now that she has it back, she said she will be more careful. If I'm going outside or anything, I'm going to put it in a safe place. That is what I should have done, she said. I just love that. I know. And we have this great picture that we'll put on our Facebook page, friends. Of the carrot and this diamond ring where the carrot grew, grew through, through the middle of it. And just, it is so, it is just so bizarre. Just 
whim. I don't know what the right word is. Well, that something just, that this just happened. And it laid in the dirt for what? Almost decades. Yes. For, oh, oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. I can't do math in my oh, head. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. 2004. Yeah. 2004. So almost, almost 20 years. And I could see that happening to me because I lose things in the garden all the time. Do I, you? Oh, I just lost my Japanese hoary knife, Catherine. <laughs> This will be my third one. Oh, no. I've lost, as we already talked about, I've lost garden forks a lot this year, too. Yes. And I could just see myself with my hand in there. Right. You know, and if, you're, and if your ring was off. loose enough. That, <clears throat> this know. is why you're supposed to wear gloves. Yeah, okay? but sometimes you just want to feel stuff. No, no. Oh, really? I don't I like too. dried mud on my fingers. Don't ask me oh. why. It's a kid thing. It's like chalks, you know, uh, fingernails on a chalkboard. Okay, all right. But my secret to losing tools in the garden is if you paint the handles red, you just <laughs> yeah. go, you know what? It's going to show up eventually. And just relax and trust. And the little garden fairies who take and hide those things will bring them back. And you'll go, see, I knew it would come back. Because I use, I miss... I lose those uh, calipers, those yeah, uh, yeah, those clippers, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, the secateurs. Yes, mm -hmm. I lose those all the time, and I just have to learn to go. It will reappear in time, and they always have. Like so this far. woman's diamond ring, exactly, right? exactly. Well, okay. If anybody out there has stories about stuff you find in your garden, yes, we yes. want to hear about that. Yes, we do. Please, I don't care what it is. If you find something <laughs> weird in your garden. Write to us. Exactly. Or if you have questions or right. want to tell us what you're planting in September. Right. Um, please write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or UpsideDownTulips.com. Excellent. Excellent. And we do love hearing from you. So, Christy, you got some inspiration for us for this week? Something to meditate upon? I do. I'm not going to tell you who this is from. I'll okay. tell you later. Okay? All right. But I saw this quote today and I fell in love with it. But then fall comes, kicking summer out on its treacherous back as it always does. One day, sometime after the midpoint of September, it stays a while, like an old friend that you have missed. Oh, that's lovely. And that, my friends, is from Stephen King. Oh, nice. what a good main boy he is. Yeah. Paul yeah. feels like an old friend to me. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Yeah. Well, oh, that's lovely. Thank that's you. very lovely. Well, friends, you reached the end of another episode of Upside Down Tulips. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are Christy Montuil-Arson and Catherine Gray. Yes, and if you had some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you please do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you so much to Denise Gentilini. <laughs> it's a beautiful name, Gentilini. It's a lack of music. Yes. But thank you, Denise, for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want more, go to denisegentilini.com, or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And many, many thanks to the many talents and kind heart of our dear friends, Josh Hartwell and Jim Hunt. And join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. <laughs> and don't forget, Catherine. Yes? If you make a mistake... Your garden will forgive you. 
Yes. Yes. Upside down to.